such a joy and a privilege to be here with you, brothers and sisters. I've really looked forward to this. We had a precious, precious time of prayer earlier today with your pastor, and I was so blessed, and some other brothers uh, there together, and it was such a blessed, blessed time. So it's such a joy for me to be here. I'm so glad to be here and humbled to be here, and uh, I just trust that the Lord is going to speak to our hearts Amen. and reveal himself to us. That's, that's what we want. Amen. So grateful for your hungry hearts and so grateful for the presence of the Lord in this place even now. Please turn, if you'd like to, in, in your Bibles, to First uh, Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2. The title of the message tonight, One Inevitable Fruit of a True Believer. One Inevitable Fruit of a True Believer. First Peter chapter 2. And we will begin in verse three. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up, built up a spiritual house an holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient to the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, unto them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Can we pray, please? Lord, you are here, and we are so grateful for your presence, O oh Lord. So grateful for those songs of praise that we could lift up to you. So grateful that we have a reason to sing. We are redeemed, O oh God, and I thank you and praise you just for the privilege, O oh Lord, of joining with your people with hungry hearts to worship and exalt and adore you. We ask you through the preaching of your word that you would remove the veil and manifest your presence, Lord. Jesus, reveal yourself to each and every one of our hearts. Do not pass a single person by. Lord, you are the water of life, living water. Refresh the dry and thirsty soul tonight. We pray you are the light of the world. Bring light where there is darkness, O God. Dispel the darkness. You are our very life. So where there is death, Lord, bring resurrection life. You are our all in all, O God. You are our freedom where there is bondage. Set captives free. Set prisoners free. Remove chains. Remove blinders. Lord, take us deeper. I pray even for the most mature saint in this, in this house tonight that you would reveal there is an ocean, an ocean of your grace and of your glory, and we've never come close to plumbing the depths. We have but a tiny cupful, maybe even only a thimble. Cause us to see, Lord Jesus, there is so much more of you to know than we know. Draw us nearer to you tonight. And have your way, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One inevitable fruit of a true believer. The Apostle Peter uses this word, 
Precious, precious to describe the Lord Jesus at least three times in just the few verses that we just read. Throughout both his letters, he uses this word precious. He uses it more than anybody else in the New Testament. Why do you think that is? Because the Lord Jesus Christ was precious to this man, truly precious to the Apostle Peter. What does it mean to be precious? One dictionary defines the word this way. It's it's to be of great value. Of what immense value is the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ of great value, something not to be wasted or treated carelessly, a term used to address a beloved person. Christ is precious to the believer we find in verse seven. Look at that, brothers and sisters, unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. And that is one inevitable fruit of every true believer. If that is not true of you, you are not a Christian. You are not a true believer. Every true believer has this in common to you who believe Jesus Christ is precious. He is precious to you. This is what separates believers from unbelievers. This is what separates being religious from reality to one. He's someone they heard about. He can become just a a name, a religion to another. He is a real living Lord, Savior. He, He is real. He is precious to them. There is a living relationship with him. This is one inevitable fruit of a true believer. And I want to say to you, I just want to ask you tonight, is Christ precious to you? And if he is, will you follow me and see that there is so much more of him to see than we see. He's calling us nearer. He's drawing us closer. Jesus Christ is precious to the believer. Jesus is precious to God, the father. Notice, if you will, in verse four, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. How precious is the son of God to the father? Remember when he was baptized by John the Baptist in the river Jordan, And he come up out of the water and there was a voice from heaven. Almighty God spoke and said, this is my son, my beloved son, my son, whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. Christ is precious to the father, precious to God. And isn't it an absolute crying shame? The one most precious to God, the father was despised and rejected by man. The glory of heaven. Was spit. In the face, the glory of heaven, the crowd shouted, crucify him, kill him on a cross. Judas betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Multitudes today hate even the mention of his name, but he is precious to God and he is precious to every true believer. What is it that makes something or someone precious? One thing that makes something precious is if it's rare. If it's rare, if, it, if it, there's certain jewels they call precious stones, precious gems. Why are they precious? Because you don't find them scattered all over the street. Why are diamonds and gold and these precious gems? Because they're so rare. You have to dig to find them. You have to search and seek to get them. They are rare. That's what makes something precious. Ask the farmer 
who has the dry land waiting for the rain. How precious every drop of rain waiting on that rain. How precious is every drop of rain to someone who's in the desert. Something that's rare. And can I remind you, beloved, there is only one begotten son of God. There is only one begotten son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. John 1.18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten son who is in the bosom of the father has declared him. Only one begotten son of God. Only one mediator between God and man. Only one king of kings. Only one Lord of lords. Only one inescapable judge of all humanity. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Only one way to the Father. And that is through Jesus the Son. Only one way to heaven. Yes, He, he is precious. There is only one of Him. He is precious to the believer. To you who believe, He is precious. Just look at how precious Jesus Christ is to our persecuted brothers and sisters. The martyrs of yesterday and even today. Are these even the Apostle Peter? Are these just empty words uttered by the Apostle Peter? How do we know Christ was precious to him? Because this man, Peter, forsook all to follow Christ. He forsook his nets. He left his boats. He left his business. Why? Because Christ was his all in all. He was everything. And we learn from from uh, church history that he was crucified upside down on a cross. Upside down because he considered himself not worthy to be crucified in the same direction as his Lord Jesus. Christ was precious to him. You see him preach Christ throughout the book of Acts. They couldn't beat it out of him. They couldn't imprison him and to keep him silent. Jesus was precious to this man. He was precious to those martyrs who laid down their lives. Those who today are laying down their lives. I think of old Polycarp who some of us have read about that old man that was led to the Roman Colosseum. He was threatened with hungry lions. Just deny Christ, Polycarp, and you can live. Polycarp says, 86 years I've known my Lord Jesus and he's never done me wrong. I will not deny him now. To the lions, they say, send him. And Polycarp was thrown into a midst of hungry, angry lions ripped apart. Why? Christ was precious to him. He was precious to him. I think of that 16 year old girl that I that I read about in a communist country where communist soldiers broke into a Bible study, threatened to kill all the Christians gathered. They said there's only one way you can leave. They took the Bible that was in the room and said spit on this book of lies and you can leave. Some of them got up and actually spit on the Bible and they walked out. This young 16 year old girl began to weep when it was her time to spit on the Bible. She came up, took her dress, wiped the spit off the Bible and said, my Lord, what have they done to your word? She would not deny. They put a gun to her head and they executed her. Why did she was she willing to lay down her life? Because Christ was precious. He is precious to the believer. He is precious to the believer. Jesus is precious. I want you to consider with me some of the things in this life that are so precious and so necessary. I think of water again. 
How precious. I guess because I'm from out west. Not where I am in Oklahoma now. We get plenty of rain. But where I grew up on a ranch, those summer rains were so cherished. They were so welcomed. Water is such a precious gift. Ask, ask the farmer who hasn't had any rain. I remember one time I really wanted to get close to God as a young man. And I was struggling with every kind of evil, wicked thought in my head, my heart. I'd grown up a Catholic. I'd tried the penance. I'd tried praying rosaries. I'd confessed to the priest. And I still knew my heart was black as night. What do I do? I thought if I get on a horse and I take off as far as I can in the mountains and I fast and I pray, surely I will become holy. And I left with no food on purpose and no water on purpose. And I went. <laughs> it didn't take too long to humble me before I got very, very thirsty. And I thought, oh, maybe I should have brought a canteen of water. So I rode and I rode for miles looking for water. Just water. All you can think about when you're thirsty is water. Cool, clean water. Where is it? And I rode and I rode in the, under the heat of that sun. Rode up on top of a mountain. Finally saw some water in a distance. Rode up there. But it was a stagnant pond. Just a black, muddy, stagnant pond. I couldn't drink from that. If I drink from that, I'll get sick. I'll become even more thirsty. So I rode more. Rode and rode and rode. And my tongue sticking to the roof of my mouth. My throat parched. All I can think about is water. I was really, really, really thirsty. Just before the sun went down, I ride up on this little knoll and coming out of some rocks is a spring, a mountain spring, cold, clean, clear, life giving water. I get off and I run to it. I, I put my head underneath it. I gulped and gulped. You can imagine the refreshment, the life. Why is that water so precious? Just ask someone who is really thirsty. How precious is Jesus who calls himself the living water, the water of life to that woman, that Samaritan woman at the well who had had so many husbands, who was living with a man who was not her husband, drinking from the wrong well. Sin will always leave you thirsty, dry, barren, wasted inside. Nothing outside of Christ satisfies. Sin gives you a pleasure for a season. After that season is over, it always leads to death. You're always thirstier than you ever were before. But Jesus said, when you drink from me, there will be a well of water springing up from within. He alone satisfies. He is the water of life. Yes, he is precious to the believer who knows he is that water of life. He is living water. How about life itself? What a precious, precious gift life is. I, I mean, just ask the, the, the mother or the dad who has, had, who has had to bury a child. That's painful. How precious, how, how, would, would they, how much they long just for one hug, one more hug, one more look in the, in the eyes, one more kiss, just to smell them again, just to hear them laugh again. Life is a precious gift from God. Cherish it. When our son was in the hospital suffering with cancer, St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and you're surrounded with all these little precious children with bald heads fighting for their lives, and some of them dying about every other day, you see what a precious, precious gift is life. 
I remember a young mother, a young wife and mother who had two children. Her husband, young man in his late 20s or early 30s, developed a brain tumor. And after he passed away, I remember her saying, I just want to wipe up his crumbs one more time. I Oh, just to have a hug, one more, one more hug. She said, I know I'm crazy, but I still pray somehow for God to bring him back. Life is a precious, precious gift from God. But listen to the word of God. Colossians chapter three, verse three and four. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. He is the resurrection and the life. And whoever lives and believes in him shall never die. Hallelujah. He is the one who conquered death. Christ is our very life. Yes, he is precious. He is the water of life, the light of life, the bread of life, the resurrection, the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is our life. What about light? Can you imagine living in a world where there was no no light? We wouldn't last long. We would die in the cold darkness. Light is precious. It's precious. I remember one time again on the ranch and I was horseback one day and I rode up on a cave, but it wasn't a cave inside the mountain. It was a cave that went into the ground, just a hole. I got off and explored as far as I could without any flashlight. It was so excited about it. When I got home that afternoon, I told my wife, we hadn't been married very long. You've got to come see this. We got to explore this cave. So we came. I was so excited, had a flashlight. We started down in this cave. We go through a tunnel. We go through another one. And she says, wait a minute. Is that the only light you have? And I said, yeah, but we'll be fine. Come on. She said, Brian, I'm not going any further without an extra flashlight. She takes off. We crawl back out, go all the way back, get another flashlight, come back to the cave, start exploring. We go through one tunnel and then another tunnel, enter into this room. And what do you think happens? My flashlight went completely out. Pitch black darkness. Couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. Absolute darkness. How precious was that flashlight in her pocket? It was our lifeline. Light is precious to those who are in the dark. And Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Without Jesus, I would be dying in darkness. I would be wandering through life without any purpose. I would be empty. I would be dead inside. I would be stumbling, falling into every single ditch. He is light. And Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, he is the one who calls you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He is precious to the believer. Christ is precious to the believer. What about fresh air? We take that for granted. Freedom, fresh air, to be able to take a big breath of fresh air. When my, I remember my friend Kevin Turner telling me about a man he ministered to called, called Benji, who was persecuted in Eritrea. 
He was miraculously set free, but when he was in persecution, they had him locked in a steel shipping container with some other men in the heat of the summer. There was one can in that shipping container everybody had to use for the bathroom. You can imagine the smell, the stench, the heat, the, the, the inability to get a breath of fresh air. Benji said each one of us would take turns going to the, 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 the door at the bottom of the corner of the door. There was a little crack and we would take turns putting our nose and mouth down there, taking a breath of fresh air. One would take turn. Each one would take turns till one day miraculously they were set free and released. How precious was that freedom? How precious was that breath of fresh air? I'll tell you how precious it is. Ask a drug addict who has been absolutely bound by heroin, crack cocaine, methamphetamines. Ask someone who's been in the grip of pornography or some kind of evil addiction. When they meet the Lord Jesus Christ and he says, if the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Ask them how precious he is when their chains fell off. And they received a new heart and a new mind. And they were no longer a slave to that which enslaved them for so long. Yes, Christ is precious. He is precious to the believer. He is precious. He, he, freedom. He is, he is life. He is the water of life. The light of life. He is freedom. He is everything. Ask the one who's been redeemed. Who been, who's been set free. And how were we redeemed? Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. Beginning in verse 18. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. There that word is again. Why? Because there's only one means of the forgiveness of sin, of cleansing. Only that's just so rare. This is it. The precious. Not only that, why is it so precious? This is the blood of God. The perfect and holy sacrifice of God, the son of God. You were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. How precious is the precious blood of Jesus that washes our sins away, that makes us whiter than the purest snow, that redeems us. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. How precious is his blood redeemed us, adopted us as his own son, own daughter, Amazing love. How can it be that my king would die for me? Not only is his blood precious, so are his promises. Look, if you will, in Second Peter, chapter one. Second Peter, chapter one and verse four. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Not just promises, but precious promises, exceeding great and precious promises. How precious is the word of God? We just sang about it. Those rare 
jewels that are hidden in here. That those rays of light like the stars in the sky in his word. How precious are the promises of God. How precious is the word of God when he he promises, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. How precious is it when Jesus said, as the father has loved me, even so have I loved you. He that believes on me shall never perish, but shall have everlasting life. No one can snatch you out of my hand. These are all promises. I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. What a precious promise from the living God. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Precious promises. Be not afraid. I am with you. Come unto me. All you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Precious promises. If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Promises from the living God. They're so precious. I tell you to, to share again when when Luke, our son, was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, just before we went to the hospital, I got on my knees and cried out to God. And I said, Lord, I only know one of two things you could be saying. Either you're going to take him. He belongs to you. You're going to take him. Or you're going to heal him for your glory. Whichever it is, Lord. The only way I, I cannot get through this unless I have a word from you, whichever it is, Lord, I'm willing to bow my knee. I'm willing to bow my knee. But, Lord, I will not make it without a promise. If you take him, it will crush me to pieces. But if you give me a promise, we'll make it through. If you heal him for your glory, would you give me a promise so that I will not waver? And God spoke. God spoke. And he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God might be glorified thereby. He gave me a promise. He awakened my wife one night in the middle of the night. She said, Brian, what's what's Psalm 41? I wake up out of a dead sleep. I say, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. What is Psalm 41? She said, I don't know. But God gave me this dream and I'm speaking to me through the night. Read Psalm 41. So we turned on the light. And we read Psalm 41. Blessed is he that considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. He had a cancer where there was no hope of, 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 of staying alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth. And thou will not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou will make all his bed in his sickness. One translation said the Lord sustains them on their sick bed and restores them from their bed of illness. How much clearer can you get, Martha? Babe, God gave it. He gave me a promise. He gave you a promise. Let us not waver. How precious were those promises when he wasn't getting better? He was getting worse. So precious to us. He gave my daughter a promise. So precious were those promises in that hospital room with big glass windows. We took window paint and we painted every promise the Lord gave us on those windows every day and night when we needed to be reminded we could read them. Every doctor, every nurse who came in the room couldn't help but read them. Our faith is standing on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and what he said. It was not presumption. 
I didn't tell everybody that every child would be healed. I want them to be. We prayed, we asked, but this I know, God gave a promise. And God healed my son. Seven years, totally cancer free, married now, serving the Lord. All praise and glory be to God. How great and precious are his promises. His word, I remember there were so many tests. I'll just give you one. I remember one time when the cancer was gone, we agreed to have him checked. They won't call you cured unless you're five years out. So in that five years, you go back periodically. One time the paper said it was on a weekend. The paper said blast sales. Our hearts sunk. That's cancer. Cancer in the blood. Blast sales. My wife just sunk. I said, it can't be. It can't be. God said, the Lord said to me, Will you believe what you see or what I said? I wadded it up and threw it in the paper. Lord, I must believe what you said. And we waited Saturday. No results Sunday because of the weekend. Uh, the rest of Saturday. Waited all Sunday. Monday, the labs come in. No cancer. We said, what's going on here? The doc doctor looked at it and said, that can't be. They went back, found out that because there was no Manpower on the weekend, the computer counted it. The computer made a mistake <laughs> saying there were blasts. But there were also very real tests. My point is this. Will we go by what we see, what we feel, what we hear, or what God said? I'm not talking about presumption. I'm not talking about presuming, you know, just pulling something out. But when you seek God and you seek Him through His Word and you know that He's spoken, you lay hold of that word and you stand upon it regardless of what you see. How great and precious are the promises of God. Jesus Christ is precious to the believer. His blood is precious. His promises are precious. His word is precious. But here's where we come to. If Christ is precious to you, what does that mean? If Christ is precious to you, number one, you talk about him. If Jesus Christ is precious to you, you will proclaim him boldly. You will open your mouth and I'm telling you, beloved, it is time for the redeemed of the Lord to say so. Unashamedly, boldly, but listen, not saying so because you heard something about him. Not saying so because of, of some, in, you know, mental ascent. What we need today are eyewitnesses of his majesty. We need I we need personal accounts. We need we need a church that a brother made up of brothers and sisters in Christ, children of the living God who know that they know they've been redeemed. They've seen a glimpse of his glory. They know his presence. They know his voice. They know they have been forgiven. They've been saved and set free. And now we can't help but talk about him. If Christ is precious to you, you will talk about him. Grandparents can't help but talk about their precious grandchildren. Amen. They, they, why? Because they're precious. They have to show you the pictures. They have to tell you stories because they're so precious to them. A man who loves to fish can't help but talk about it. A man who loves football can't help but talk about it. Those who love Jesus can't help but talk about him. He is in the midst of the conversation. He is, he is pre, preeminent in the conversation. 
because he's burning in your heart if, you've, if he's precious. Now, some of us, he's been precious, but the fire has died. Our mouths are quiet. Our hearts are grown cold and hard. Our ears dull of hearing, our conscience dull. It's time just to look through the eyes of faith, through the pages of the scripture and see him again. And seek him again, draw near to him again until the glory of Christ grip your heart that you must talk about him. Peter, James and John were commanded. Do not preach this name anymore. We command you not to. They threatened to beat them. They, they did. They put them in prison. And what was their response? Acts four, verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Hallelujah. If Christ is precious to, him, to you, you will proclaim him boldly. If Jesus Christ is precious to you, you will worship him wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. And this is what the father is seeking. Those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And what is worship? So much more than a song. As wonderful as those songs. I, and I love those songs we sang. Hallelujah for them. And the praises we lift up to him. But worship goes beyond that. Worship is giving something to God that's of worth. Really, here is worship, beloved. Worship is surrender. Worship is when you will not withhold anything from the Lord and you will not hold anything back from him because he is precious to you. He is worthy, worthy of it all. In Mark chapter 14, there was certainly a woman who understood this. She met Jesus and Jesus was so precious to her. Mark chapter 14. I want to read this account to you. Mark chapter 14, verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. There the word is again, but this is something that's precious to the world, something that's valuable, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Now, 300 pence, I guess, was nearly a year's wages in those days. So we're talking about something very valuable in the sight of the of the world. In fact, even some of those gathered around him, even some of the disciples murmuring because she broke this alabaster box. Why? Why this waste? This perfume is precious. This perfume is valuable. And what is the woman's response? No, he is valuable. He is precious because I've seen him because I've met him. I know him. There is nothing that I would ever withhold from him. That is worship. Worship is holding nothing back from God. Nothing back from Christ because he is precious. And one more. If Christ is precious to you, you will seek him diligently. You will seek him diligently. 
like a precious stone. If a miner knew there were diamonds or gold behind that rock, how diligently would he work to get it? He would seek and work and mine and chip away until he found it because it's precious. If Jesus Christ is precious to you, you will seek him diligently. This is one inevitable fruit of a true believer. And this fruit is a fruit that is to keep on growing because here's what you're going to find. The more of him you find, the more of him you want to know. And the more Jesus you want to know, the more you know him, the more you love him. The more you love him, the more you want to serve him. He, he becomes everything. He enlarges your heart. Don't think you've arrived, brothers. Listen, this is an ocean seeking to know Jesus and the preciousness of Christ. This is an ocean that you and I have not even come close to plumbing the depths of. We've got but a thimbleful or maybe a little cup. This is a mountain that never plateaus. This is a mountain upon which we will never arrive. And I believe even throughout all of eternity, we will never arrive at reach, finally reaching the, 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 under this revelation of the glory and beauty of Christ, the majesty of Christ, the wonder of Christ, not for all eternity. I believe every time those seraphim went around the thrones crying, holy, 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 there was another revelation of the glory of God. You, ne you can never plumb the depths of this infinite, almighty God. Infinite in beauty, in wonder, in purity. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul understood it. Here is a man who, who knew Christ, who knew the Lord well. And even at the end of his life, toward the end of his life, this is what he says. Philippians chapter three, he says in verse seven, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yes. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He goes on to pray in verse 10, oh, that I may know him. <laughs> Didn't he already know him? He knew him, but not near as much as he could know him. This there's this insatiable desire to know him more when you really encounter him. But you will not know him this way without diligently seeking him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Here's the precious promise. God says in Jeremiah 29, 13, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. What does it mean to diligently seek God? It means you're going to seek until you find and you don't stop seeking until you find. I was thinking of this earlier as we came in. Every time I look at Paul's little girl, Annalise, <laughs> my heart, I think, skips a beat. She is so precious, that little girl. Can you imagine? Can you imagine right now if suddenly we receive news? Somebody came in. Where's Annalise? Annalise is missing. Annalise was here. Annalise is gone. We search the building. She's nowhere in the building. 
How would we seek for her? You better believe diligently. There would be none of this. Well, hope we find her. No, we will find her. And we will not eat and we will not sleep and we will not stop until we find her. Why? Because she's precious. That's what it means to diligently seek. So when God says, seek my face. And David said, my heart said, thy face will I seek. When God says, you shall seek me and find me. When you, you shall search for me with all your heart. You set your heart and your face to seek God. And you don't stop until you find him. Until you, until you come into that awareness of his presence. And you pray, Lord Jesus, with an open Bible. Please reveal yourself through your holy word. Open my eyes to your beauty. Open my eyes to the wonder of who you are. Open my, my eyes to your glory. Your immense value. Lord, awaken me. And sometimes that seeking. Sometimes it's crying out. Sometimes it's just being still. One of our brothers shared in the prayer meeting earlier about the need when you encounter the presence of God or you're just waiting upon God. The sisters led us to do it actually a while ago. Just being still, being quiet, waiting upon the Lord. You know, A.W. Tozer said sometimes he would lay on that rug. Early in the morning, he would not get up until noon, and oftentimes he would never say a word. He would just worship. He would just be just seeking the face of God, waiting. Here I am, Lord. I give you my all. I give you my all. I wait upon you. I want to know you. There is no substitute for that. And when Christ, when you seek him that way, I guarantee you, you will find him. I can guarantee you because I stand on the authority of his holy word. He promised you would find him. And when you do, you will find that there is no one that can compare. And there is more of him that you want to know. Amen. Amen. There's a good brother in Oklahoma that wrote a song we used to sing a lot called my, You Are My All in All. Uh, you, are, you are my strength when I am weak. Jesus, you are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. There's one part of it that says seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Will you proclaim him boldly? Will you worship him wholeheartedly? Will you seek him diligently? You will if he's precious to you. Can we stand, please, and bow our heads before the Lord? In prayer. Oh Lord Jesus. What a wonder you are Lord. What a mighty savior. What a glorious king. What a mighty God. What a good shepherd. You are all you are all in all. You are our very life. And my prayer tonight is that you would awaken us to the wonder of who you are. You would open our eyes and draw us nearer. 
Take us up higher to that mountain that never plateaus of seeking your face, of coming to know you more and more and more. Let us dive into that ocean upon of which we can never plumb the depths. Lord, there's so much more of you to know than we know. And you truly are precious, O oh God. Words fail me. Words fail me in this pulpit, Lord, to declare your glory, your beauty, your power, the immense value of who you are. I pray, Lord, we would hold we would withhold nothing from you that each and every one of us here, if we have not come to that absolute surrender, would truly surrender all to you. If our mouths have been quiet, shut that we would once again, Lord, see you through the eyes of faith and proclaim you boldly once again. That we would set our hearts to diligently seek you and not stop till we find you, till we hear from you. Thank you, Lord. I also pray, Lord, if there's someone here tonight who cannot honestly say, Jesus Christ is so precious to me, cannot say it, because they've never truly been born again, never been saved, never been redeemed, never met you, heard a lot about you, but never met you. Would you grant that this very night, Lord, they have an encounter with you and that person comes to the place of genuine repentance, turning from sin to you, coming just as they are, and transferring all of their faith and trust in you, the only Savior. Praise you, Lord, that you said he that comes to you, all that the Father gives to you shall come to you. And he that comes to you or she that comes to you, you would never turn away. You're not willing that any should perish. So I pray that you would touch every heart tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. God bless you. Thank you.